See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Yeah, no, I don't think so. We, without the Budweiser shining through, we'd be totally in the dark. Yeah, sadder Budweiser. Here in Slow Robot A Go Go Land. Hey, yeah. that's us. We're talking right now. The crypt. <laughs> the, welcome to Slow Robot A Go Go. Big show number 121. That's mm-hmm. an anagram for 121. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not the right word, is it? What's that word when they're... We're, oh, now you're killing me. Oh, sh- math things. Where, where it's the same forward and backwards. Uh, no, not math. Okay. Um, no, no. There's a, there's a word for it, and I don't know. It'll come later. But okay, it's not anagram. I'll just yell it out. Yeah, just yell it out in the middle of whatever. Like Bay of Pigs. I'll oh, my God. I'll yeah. Just, yeah, and that, that's a precursor to our movie. Wow. <laughs> like, so, wow, man. <laughs> yeah, like far out. So, anyway, <laughs> here's the shtick that you need to hear. Uh, if you find us on iTunes or Stitcher, why don't you be a good sport and subscribe and also be an extra good sport and give a good review for us. Yeah. It would take you three seconds and it would mean a lot to us. Uh, if you are listening to... If you if you want to go to our actual webpage, you can go to slowrobotagogo.wordpress.com. We do have a, a pretty good mixture of people hitting that up. Um, it's pretty interesting. And then... Uh, or if you want to uh, find a, a... If you're sitting in a cube farm and you have like you're like, man, I need some things to kill my time... Well, then you should go to bunchofdorks.com, because there you're going to find a wealth of podcast information. There's three of them sitting there, and they all have many, many, many uh, episodes. So you can pretty much kill a whole year of pod- of uh, Cube Farmland uh, just with our site alone. So go to bunchofdorks.com. There's three different podcasts in there. You can go to uh, the top one is Slow Robot A Go-Go. That's for all of our B-movie reviews, looking, looking and uh, talking about crazy movies and movie stuff. There's a middle one. What's that one? Two Dimension. Two Dimension Podcast. It has no direction. It's directionless. Comic books. It's about comic books, so that's cool. And then the bottom one is Bunch of Dorks. That's where uh, we talk about whatever and play music. So you got movies, you got comic books, and you got music. I don't know what else. What the hell else more do you want? And if you're sitting there on a Sunday night going, you know, I really wish I had more Mao in my life, good news. Go to Radio St. Pete. And uh, I do. I host a little show called The Indie Circuit, where I uh, just play a lot more music and talk a lot less than BOD. Enough of my shtick. Uh, who's with me, anyway? Who's that voice in the background that I hear? Dr. Morbius. I wonder if he's from any parts, or if they're from Unknown. Parts Unknown. I think it is Parts Unknown, parts yeah. Unknown. So, how are you tonight, Dr. Morbius? International man of mystery. <laughs> yeah, baby! I'm doing groovy. Hepcat. Danger is his middle name. Danger is my middle name. <laughs> Go ahead. What, what 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 do you got going on? Talk about what what well, about your podcast? Two Dimension. Yeah. Besides Slow Robot. Sure. And and, and the occasional bunch of dorks. Yes. Destination Nightmare. Another right. place to park your car and <laughs> look at some comic book scans and read more about comic book related thingies. Nice. All right. So that's our shtick. What's your shtick? Your, your shtick is you should email us at z-e-n-b-o-n-e at hotmail.com. I'll wait till you get a pencil. Number two. Number three. Number Could four. Could be a six. Number six. Okay, you're back. Bunch of door... Or uh, a zenbone at hotmail.com. 
Z-E-N-B-O-N-E, at symbol, hotmail, period, com. And then you can tell us things like, hey, and what's up, and how are you? And we'll read it, and it'll, it'll make us smile. Yeah. Enough of that shtick. What have you watched this week, Dr. Morbius? Anything? Everything? Yes, yes, I did. Nice. What did you watch? Okay, I watched two things. Two. Two. I watched um, Muscle Shoals. Yeah, did you like that? Yeah. Rick Hall would be the man we were talking about whose name we didn't... Yeah, I couldn't think of his name, but he was something else. An interesting story. Interesting how his uh, group of musicians, the Swampers, just kind of bailed on him. He must have been tough, though. Yeah, yeah, but they wanted to make, I guess they wanted to, you know, and they did good, and both did good, you yeah. know, I mean, it was an interesting story, yeah, Rick, that Rick Hogg guy looks like he's a, you know, he's a tough old whippersnapper, yeah, cracks the whip, but he made some great records, so I guess it was worth it, and the band is a great band, yeah, it's true, you know, the uh, the Swampers, or the Missile Shoals Rhythm Section, or whatever, they played on some classic records, Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin, it's unbelievable, the list of records, yeah, like, when they were showing yeah, that that yeah. collage of all the records going past, wow! Yeah, yeah, all the hits. Oh my God, man! That guy, yeah, that guy had the, you know, he knew yeah. he had the right idea. He said, "Hey, I want to make a hit. That's the only way that we're going to get." And he was right, and he did. He knew how to make it in the band. He worked them, but hell, mm-hmm. it paid off in the end. They got everybody got their thing. It was nice seeing. It was interesting seeing the Stones on the in the other studios. I thought they actually went to. Um, what was it called? His his call was called his studio. Rick calls was Fame Studio. Right, right. And the other one just had an address. Yeah. Yeah, it's like whatever. Jerry Wexler got it for him, or yeah. or something. But it was interesting seeing the Stones. But they went to the Swamper Studio, not to uh, not, not to, to uh, Fame, not to Fame, not to yeah. Fame. So it's uh, you know a little rivalry, but and at the end everything worked out. I mean, at the end, don't aren't they playing with Alicia Keys at the Fame yeah. Studio? So yeah. I guess every everybody's everybody's good. So it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's a good musical movie. history. You know, it's all good to know rock and roll musical history anyway, because uh, it ain't coming back anymore. So <laughs> you might as well <laughs> yeah. enjoy it. enjoy the memories because they're gone. And another rock and roll uh, documentary that I watched, which is another foreshadowing of. Our movie du jour. Uh-oh. I watched uh, on YouTube Sid Barrett in in, <laughs> in review. Oh my god! It was like a, do- a short documentary on Sid Barrett. None of the they didn't really interview the Floyd people. They interviewed mostly um, it's family and friends. Uh, journalists. They oh. had they had clips of the Floyd people talking, but they took it from other documentaries. But this one was different in the sense that it, it focused on his drug use, but not as much. As the other one, it mostly focused on his songwriting and his guitar playing and his ability. Yeah. So it was kind of, it was kind of interesting, you know. I mean, it gave me a different perspective because everything you hear about is like, oh yeah, man, he's like totally burned out. He couldn't like, you know, he couldn't handle it anymore. Well, after Pink Floyd, he made two records. They're kind of like, you know, they're kind of like off. To key. say experimental would be. A, yeah, a, they're kind of like off records, but the guy was still writing songs. It was just, I think it was just, he ran out or nobody cared anymore after a while. I think maybe if somebody would have taken a stronger interest in him, he could have actually made more records. The first one was kind of like, kind of like out there in a sense of sparse and one take and stuff. But the second one with that Gilmore produced, which I think is one that's got the flies. The first one was called the Madcap Laughs. The second one was called, just, I just, it's just called Barrett. It had some songs that were better produced and better played. So I mm-hmm. just think they just, you know, Pink Floyd just got so big that that was, you know, 
David Gilmore's gig from then on. Yeah, and, well, yeah. You know, but I think uh, they also insinuated that it wasn't just like Barrett became an acid casualty. He was also doing a lot of marijuana, and he was doing a lot of uh, British quaaludes called Mandrax, and all all the combination. And well, they he's, also he's psychotic though too, right? Isn't he like they said they were they were insinuating that he may have been a little schizo to begin with. That's what I'm saying. Like he from, at least from, from the bipolar. very beginning, he was like had some serious mental illnesses. But the and mental illness them with drugs and that exacerbated them and made them worse, you know. Yeah, the mental illness was probably just kind of like some kind of maybe you know bipolar disorder, but it also was the reason why he was so talented and so yeah. you know, he was a great painter too and a great artist. But the end was sad. Did they talk yeah. about how he like he didn't even have access to his own money? Like no, he, they he, didn't. He just because like he towards the end he. Like he was being like kind of Taken like cared care of, for, yeah. and and this is like a you know he was a normal guy, age wise, but he they, like they couldn't even give him money. Yeah, like he was that gone, and it's kind of one of those sad things, you know. Yeah, I mean between him and he's probably the father of psychedelic music because you know that record was re- being recorded at the same time as Sgt. Pepper's. Wow, Pepper at the Gates, same studio, same studio, same uh-huh, time. Uh-huh. So between him and the Beatles, they're the fathers of that you know, brand of music from the summer of love, 1967, more references to our uh, movie du jour. (laughs) Wow. It's pretty wild. Yep. That was it. All right. You know what? I I have started a new, uh, kind of an interesting thing. Um, Starting in uh, June 1st, I started um, dating all of my, all the movies I watched. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep a year long calendar to actually see like what days and how many movies I've seen. No, no, just how many movies? How many, uh, like, how many total, like, I've watched over a year? It should be quite an interesting right. thing. I'll keep a monthly tally too. So every now and then I'll be like, oh, in June, junior, July, August, you know. All right, so I started out watching Ender's Game. That is a new movie by um, with Harrison Ford and some kid. It's a very, it's a good sci-fi story. Um, uh, interesting, you know. It, I liked it a lot. It, it was. I don't think it did very well in the theaters. Um, but, uh, you know, sci-fi never, well, I shouldn't say never, sci-fi is very hit or miss in theaters, and oftentimes it loses its ass, which is why they don't make as many, unless it Tom Cruise is in them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this one was fun, it was good, uh, Harrison Ford was good, it was more of almost like a military thing, and so, you know, there's a lot of that stuff, you know, cool. it's almost like Aliens meets Harrison Ford. Alright, All right, then I watched, for some reason I watched Halo 4, um... Another, another game movie? It, well, it's a game movie, but I've never watched Halo 1 through 3. It was just streaming on Netflix, so I was like, eh. And I watched it. It was all right. Nothing, like, great. Nothing, you know, it was just something. Now, the next movie I watched um, is... I put a, I put a little blurb about it on uh, Facebook. I think I put it in our on our... Um, oh, Slow Robot Facebook page. Okay. Um, I watched a movie called Bunraku. Bunraku. Uh, Bunraku is a um, it's a modern movie. It was made in I want to say 2011, I think. Um, very stylistic, very stylish. Bunraku is that tall puppet movie or uh, plays they do in Japan where there's the people in black behind them mm-hmm. moving around. But this is a movie. This wasn't that. And I mean, it had like Woody Harrelson. It had. Um, uh, Demi Moore was in it. There was a lot of people in this movie. It wasn't. Oh, the the the, the evil guy was uh, was Hellboy. Um, Ron Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Uh, overall, 
it was insanely stylistic to a point where you're like when you're watching it like I liked it I really enjoyed it a lot more than I maybe than I should have it was a very simplistic kind of a revenge flick you know um, it was a mixture of a, of a samurai revenge flick and a western sort of thing with a little bit of that uh, mysticism in it but the styles and the editing and the vibrant colors and the crazy sound effects and stuff it was really what a ride um, I, I'm going to watch it again for sure um, it might even be something I rope you into doing for our show here and uh, see what you ta- what your take is on it and we could do an actual formal review. I know it's a new movie, but uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty wild. It's a pretty neat movie. I really kind of liked it. Uh, and I want to watch it a second time to see if I'm still so enamored by it or if it was just a good afternoon. You know mm. you know how sometimes that is where you watch something and you're like, yeah, eh. Then you watch it a second time and you're like, why did I like this? Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let it simmer for a while and I'm going to go back to it in a week or two and see if I really still love it. Uh, then I watched Gravity. Um, I'm trying to remember what that even is. Oh, boy. I'm drawing a blank on that Must one. Must be really good, though. No, no. It's, I, I think it's a... Gravity might be a new movie. I'm trying to think what the hell it was, though. God, oh my, see, that's what happens. I watched like a bunch of these in a row, and then I just kind of forget them. Then I watched Hellboy, okay, because the original yeah, one. Seen. I like the I like Hellboy. I like the whole. Yeah, it's all right. I like yeah. the storyline. I really am kind of a fan of Ron Perlman's. Believe it or not, like Scary the stuff he does. Dude. Yeah, isn't he, he isn't he like in that TV show Masters of uh, Anarchy? Or the something? Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, Sons of, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I think he, they think they killed him off, but yeah, he was. Okay. Um, but it was, you know, Hellboy's always a fun... That's one of those where I've seen it enough times where yeah. I can have it on in the background or, like, be doing something while it's playing and then look up for the fun parts, you know. like, two or three of them? There's three of them, I think. They might even have a fourth one coming, but wow. th- I, this is the first one, you know. Okay. I watched a movie, a documentary called Pandora's Promise. And this is all about nuclear uh, energy. And, um... It was very enlightening. Um, the percep- the public perception that's out there about nuclear energy couldn't be more wrong. Mm. And this is most of the stuff that I believe, too. And the documentary was made by uh, some people in the industry. You know, they had, like, one of the guys who worked on the very first one that they had as a test thing from the government in the 50s. And, and then they had... The, the rest of them, the people, like, they were interviewing were staunch, like... Um, they were activists, political activists and, and environmental activists, anti-nuclear. Uh-huh. And all of these people that they were talking or that were talking to the camera and stuff, once they really realized the truth of it, like kind of went, did a 180 and now are pro-nuclear mm-hmm. and have written books about it and stuff like that. And it's just, um, it, when you watch it, there's so many things that you think are true that when they show you the facts, you're like, wait, nobody's died from it. And, like well, you have about, all these. What about Japan? Well, see now that's yeah, that, that's the thing. Like you know, because Japan had the 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 after the tsunami. And it's didn't, still, it, oh it's no, it's still flowing in the water. It is still flowing Godzilla in the water. Godzilla will be coming. I know, and that's and that's part of it too. Like there is some of that, but then they they're doing the readings through the rubble. And the radiation's kind of gone, and there's just there's as much mm-hmm. background radiation like on a beach. It's just very and and they're saying there's no real link to that in cancer. They just thought it did. There's no like you know what I mean like well, they, and they were like other than the people that shoveled the the rate the, the nuclear waste after that Chernobyl thing. Other than yeah, those yeah. four people that died, they're like 
Nobody ever died. The people just went back and are, well, they're living there. Like it's very. Wasn't there that movie Silkwood? Wasn't that woman Karen Silkwood? She supposedly died of some like radiation. I, I remember the China syndrome. Yeah, the China syndrome. Well, that, that's what they said. They said the China stuff. syndrome was just pure fantasy. But then people like yeah. took that as reality, and then they were showing this graph of what like what yeah. our energy comes from, and the whole circle, like more than a Pac-Man, is all oil, all coal. Cool, yeah. And then there's like a the the smallest sliver in the night in the whole it's thing nuclear. is nuclear, and they're like, you know, they they make they make reactors now that don't even it uses the waste to as fuel like yeah. they don't even like use fuel anymore, and and they're like people just don't even understand they're so scared about it and it's like they, this should be powering our whole world yeah well uh, you know now that Iran has it uh, you know it's going to get a little scary but uh, that, yeah. well and then I don't know yeah <laughs> I, it was just one of those things where when no, you're I, watching I, it and I'm like what? no yeah, you know all that Neil Nukes crap in the 70s or whatever it was, it was you know it was like um, whatever you know like yeah. what, what what can we re, what can we rebel against you See, know I what never got and they're still they were showing car- current people screaming around and yeah, you're going to yeah, you're sure, going to yeah. destroy our, our world and I was like, I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that in real life? Like those no. those people? No. Have you ever seen like those Westboro people? No. I'm trying to think if I ever saw some protesters once. I saw, <laughs> every once in a while, I saw some <laughs> old people one time protesting cap and trade. You know, that was about the extent of okay, it. Okay. Yeah. Me either. You know, I always thought if I like saw Well, no. One time I saw people re- a couple of years ago in front of Publix protesting against the tomatoes because they were like something about they were doing something with the price of tomatoes and it was going to uh, affect a lot of people's jobs. So I did see that on, it was on, um, it was on, on uh, that big intersection that goes through Pinellas Park on the way to uh, uh-huh. Best Buy. Yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. I always, you know, I, I've never seen one of those straight up insane people marching and cheering about something. Well, not yet. Yeah, I, no kidding. Well, whatever. Uh, so it, it's just interesting. And then the last one I saw was it was, wow, it was called Mantera. And uh, Mantera is a something that not not what's not what's the M not Philippines. It's um Malaysia. Okay, oh, Malaysia. Mantera is a Malaysian version of kind of Transformer. Okay, it's it was just horrible. Is this off of Netflix? Yeah, and I watched it. And I, and and I was like, oh, this is bad. And then by the time I wanted to stop, I was already too far in. Like, mm. I'm like, okay, well, I've I've dedicated 40 minutes to this garbage. I got to see it through to the. Did you have beers when you were watching it? No, it probably would have helped. Yeah. Cause wow, it was. Uh, now, well, let me ask bad. you a question. When you watch those movies, any one of those that you watch, did mm-hmm. you have a, you know, beer with any of them? Mm-mm. No. When you when you watch a movie and you have a few, oh, I watched. Does it affect? And, no, does Ender's it affect? Game. I watched Ender's Game when I was anything? drinking. Does it make you like it better, or you know, does it make no. you hate it worse? No. Okay. Some. Yeah. I mean, at, the only thing it does, like it, it doesn't really affect my mood. Um, I I tend to go like watch sillier things. Okay. Because it's funnier. Like like you know, Dude, Where's My Car is funnier when I'm drunk, but I like it when I'm when I'm stone cold sober too so now when you drink all these you know not all these uh-huh, beers, but when you have when you drink when you have a few do you have like dreams of being on the beach and seeing a painted woman and then like all of a sudden cut <laughs> to like medieval guys in black robes and horses no no or am i getting ahead of myself i think you might be getting ahead of yourself okay. oh right. damn it gravity is that one with sandra bullock 
Oh, that's a big movie. Didn't she win something? Yeah, holy crap. No, I'm, I cannot believe I drew a blank on that. That was like the biggest blockbuster in the history of blah, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, it was yeah. George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, and it was... Um, <laughs> can you believe that? Oh, my God. I was, I, I'm was cycling through my pea Must brain. Must be really good. No, I was, I was, yeah, I was trying to like think of... <laughs> like I thought it was some kind of 60s sci-fi. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, uh, And my brain's like... No, it's not from the '60s. Is it from the '60s? No, it's not from the '60s. It's from the '60s. Like, and then finally, I was like, "Oh yeah!" So it was Sandra Bullock, and it was that really big, yeah, grandiose thing. Yeah, it was a big thing. deal. Yeah, did she win? No, it was it was good. It was, um, <laughs> you got a little bit tired of her being a klutz. Like she played such an inept astronaut that she couldn't even like hold or grab things, or she was very, I don't know how to describe it, but it. But it she was, was heroic in the end. Yeah, well, whatever. So, in the end, you know, whatever she lived. Female so. empowerment. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. In the end, she lived. Oh, that's but, uh, not a bad spoiler. Or did she? Wink. Wink. So anyway, wink, yeah. Nudge, nudge. Um, very. I bet you, if you saw that in the uh, IMAX, it would have been effective. Something. Oh, um, okay. I mean, I saw it on my TV, which is a fairly nice TV, but it, you know, the you could tell it was done in that like grandiose space, uh. and like when action was hitting, like things were flipping around and. And, you know, fast moving, like, I can't get control of my body floating out in space kind of thing. Ah. It was pretty interesting. Um, Groovy. Yeah, it was fun. You know. Groovy, man. That's it for this week. You got anything else? That's it. Time for a trailer, I think. So that's now is a thing. Mm -hmm. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I could make caps or a brooch or pterodactyl because you the unprintable scandal that nearly wrecked an international airline is now this year's most sensational motion picture. Swedish Fly Girls is the frank and daring story of exactly how stewardesses make out once they're off duty. If you have a daughter, sister, or friend who is an airline stewardess, urge them not to see Swedish Fly Girls. The explicitly erotic scenes might upset them. Swedish Fly Girls is in color, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parents. Petey Wheatstraw. Petey Wheatstraw. Petey Wheatstraw. <laughs> that Dolomite man, Rudy Ray Moore, is back funnier than ever in the new movie, Petey Wheatstraw. If you want to laugh your <laughs> off, see Petey Wheatstraw. Rudy Ray Moore is Petey Wheatstraw. Starring Leroy and Skillet, Jimmy Funky Tramp Lynch, and Wild Man Steve. If you don't want to laugh, leave your <laughs> at home. Petey Wheatstraw. Rated R. Austin Towns. Danger's my middle name. All right, Petey Wheatstraw. The devil's brother-in-law. Sure, why not? And, uh, I, think so, that, I think that is a title. And the Swedish Fly Girls. All right. Yeah. That wasn't, not to be confused with In Living Colors Fly Girls. The Swedish Fly Girls as an ABBA. Nice. All right, what are, what's our list this week? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm this this list this week, I'm taking it open to interpretation. Top ten movies we do not get. Right? And, and and in some cases, I changed my list from a oh, okay. gave you. But I'm, I mean, I interpret it as being either a movie that I don't think is that great, which I guess could be a movie that I think is overrated. But some of these movies I picked aren't aren't actually bad movies. Oh no no, most of mine aren't bad movies. That's the whole thing. Like yeah. I don't some get are. I don't get it. Like I don't know why they would be so popular. That's kind of the the, the crux of our list. We picked top ten movies that we don't get. Yeah. Um, and, of course, like, you know, if we say Twilight, well, th we're not in the key demographic. Um, but you can still say, I don't get why everyone likes this. You know, that's yeah, kind yeah, of like the yeah. whole premise. So, you want to go first? All right. Okay. okay. 
Okay, let's see. And I think I've seen most... Well, yeah, I've seen all these movies. Uh, I'll start with 2001 A Space Oddity. Mm. Or Space Odyssey, I should say. Space Oddity would be the David Bowie song, which I do like better than this movie. <laughs> this movie is probably the gravity of its day. Yeah, it's w- like some like long... See, now this is on my list too, so what... Uh, like a, explain I, what like I'm, I think like people, I'm gonna explain why they're not on my, why I don't get them but you tell more me fo- more foreshadowing of our movie de jour I think <laughs> this movie really worked with people who were on acid oh. back in the day and if oh, you're it's not slow oh god yeah. it's it's tediously slow like I but the special effects were state of the art and people were like grooving to their uh, were finding their inner selves and mm. uh, changing their uh, view on life and neat uh, yeah Forrest Gump. I have a problem or dislike of movies, which I guess I'll call them with the idiot savant uh, genre, like a Rain Man or something like that. I just mm. think that's just like so ch- it's cheese to me. You know, it's too easy. I ne- that's one that I liked a lot, but I never went back to it. Yeah. Like, I liked it when I saw it, and I watched it probably like two or three times uh, years and years ago. And I remember, like, I remember it fondly, yeah. but I think. I'm at a different spot in my life now. If I watch it, it would ruin it, so I'm just letting it, letting it be happy in my memory. You know what I mean? Like, just yeah, yeah. It almost seems like some wish fulfillment on the part of the writer and director. <laughs> uh, Jenny, let's see. Again, this one isn't written. F- okay, well, no, I won't go to that one yet. I'll go to another movie that's well thought of that I've seen. It's a mess, but it's got great actors in it. It's Apocalypse Now. This is a very long movie very druggy movie it's got great actors in it but after a while i just don't care anymore yeah i just you know coppola and i'm gonna go out and i'm going to go after coppola again because that well that they talked about apocalypse now in that um in that milanus milius milius movie he was one of the writers of yeah so i like um that's why i i've never seen that whole thing all the way through yeah, well, and um, and they were showing shots of it, and I was like, eh, you know, whatever. I mean, it was based on a, a book called The Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, so it was just an adaptation, but they turned it into some, you know, whatever, whatever you wanted to call it. <laughs> did I mention Rocky Horror? Not yet. Okay, well, I just did. I don't get that movie one bit. Don't get it. Don't yeah. understand it. Don't think it's particularly funny. Maybe it's not my demographic. Was did you I ever see know. it when they were throwing? Oh, stuff around? unfortunately, yes. Uh, and that yes. made you even more more it hateful made it towards angrier, it. Yeah. Okay. It made me more hateful. And, <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be like about the love of B movies. I don't know what the hell it's about the love of, but anyway. Um, all right, let's see here. Boogie Nights movie that another movie that I saw in the theater. Yeah. Um, just left me like. It's just a seventies porn. So seventies right? like porn thing it's like oh okay are you gonna like make this stuff like are you gonna immortalize you know this crap okay great yeah, whatever know? right yeah it just seemed it just seemed like it was mean it just seemed like whatever you know it's not the 70s even though the director maybe thought it would been to him anyway right. Eraserhead a movie that a lot of people love a disturbing movie but another long boring disturbing but not really something that I like to watch. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, David Lynch has made better movies like Blue Velvet. And uh, no, don't, don't, don't like this one that much. Here's here's one that I think is a... I, I don't think it's a well-made movie. And I think it's almost like it cracks me up. But this movie is like... It's become like an archetype 
the Al Pacino Scarface. Man, this is like, you know, been immortalized by everybody. And I just think it's a dumb movie. Yeah. I don't get any I don't get why what the greatness of it is. I just saw so it. And did I you like do you like any of like do you like Godfather or what's that Goodfellas? Do you like any of those? Well, like? that's the thing. That's a theme that's coming up. I don't it seems to me like I maybe don't really think much of the gangster the crime genre. The Because I talk genre. about because another one on my list is The Godfather. Okay, a good movie, but not the greatest movie of all time, as many critics put it out to be. And that and the that's greatest part, movie of all time. A lot of critics make mm. his, make the call. This is one. Of, this is the greatest movie of all time. Yeah, I remember. I've seen it on a lot of lists, and I just don't think so. I mean, like I said, it, it's a good movie, but it's a mm. pop boiler. You know, it's like you know, it, it is what it is. It's well made, it's well acted, but it's nothing. There's not no depth in it. You know, you read into it what you want to read. I don't get it, but I think it's it's okay. It's worth watching. You know. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of other ones, but Napoleon Dynamite, huh? I you know like. Um, Guys with Down syndrome, you know, it doesn't. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> Is that what that's know? supposed to be? No, but it seems comes across a little bit to me. You know, they seem to be like a little slow, maybe not Down syndrome, maybe a little slow. You know, I don't mm. know. It just didn't. It didn't connect with me. So, and this is the movie I put on my list. A very stylized movie because I had a bad experience going to the theater to see it, which was Sin City. So I can't say that I watched this whole movie, but I watched enough of it to be like annoyed by yeah. it yeah so, i did like that one a lot yeah i just it looked to me like a like a revlon commercial i don't know so a, what, a was, violent what was the commercial. bad situation if i may ask you, you, oh, you know, i never told i told this story uh, we got free tickets and then and the first thing that happened was when we after we were waiting 45 minutes in line to get in they frisked us to take away uh, our cell phones. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yeah. you're like what's the big deal? And yeah. then we're sitting there, and the the DJ guys are, like, giving away all this crap. And we're like, when is this? We've been here 45 minutes. Can this movie start? And then these two, like, sweaty fanboys picked the seats next to me and my friend, the only ones that were left. And they were, like, talking to each other. And, and I just, instead of punching a guy, I just walked out. You know. well, that's good. The you only other the movie I've ever walked out in theater was Teen Wolf, which I didn't put on here because, like, who cares, you know? <laughs> Teen Wolf. Yeah, Teen Wolf, yeah. I get, I'll put Harry Potter in here, but I've never seen it, but it doesn't do anything for me. The, the, yeah. the idea doesn't... Here's one that I did see that I, I just don't get it. E.T. I just think it's, like, big freaking deal, It's you like know? a kid's movie, that's all, I mean... Yeah, but it's like a special effects extravaganza, but it just doesn't... It doesn't didn't ring right... And again, people put it in their greatest of all time. Uh, Close Encounters, another Spielberg. Really? I saw, it seemed kind of boring to me. But, you know, once again, and I'm going by the fact that these movies are on people's top like list, oh, top, top 10, top 100 yeah. list or whatever. Um, well, here's one that it's here's one that I don't get because the guy who made this movie should have made it a good movie, but he didn't. It's a Grindhouse movie by Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. Like Tarantino loves these movies. Why would he make such boring piece of crap like that? Death Proof. See, I, well, I mean, my my love hate of Tarantino is well documented. Um, you know, I lo- like I love some of his stuff, and then it just seems like a, to me at a certain point I just got really tired of him. Yeah. And like you know, Jackie Brown is a good movie, yeah, but it is but a good movie. but but not his you know not by any stretch of imagination his best to me. You know, yeah. this is my opinion. And then after that, like, almost everything he's ever Kill done Bill. has just been... Well, I, yeah, I like Kill Bill a lot. Both yeah. one and two. I like them equally. And um, Pulp Fiction, of course. Reservoir Dogs, of course. Yeah. Uh, True Romance. Yeah, and yeah, those yeah. are the ones that I love. 
and everything else to me is kind of like eh. I didn't like I didn't like Grindhouse, um, and I even that even has my favorite actor of all time in it. Uh, you know, um, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, and I just was like, eh, no thanks. You know. I mean, there's other stuff too. Like I don't get. Even though I know people that like the found footage movies, like uh, cannibal movies that uh, pretend to be like a real documentary. Oh. I mean, they're like sadistic movies. Faces of Death, all Slave that Slave to the Cannibal Gods is one yeah, that has... Yeah, yeah. Is, na- really, is that one really gross? It has a naked Ur- Ursula Andrews That's in a it. good thing, but is there like animal killing? And oh, no. yeah, dude. It's uh, all straight up like pulling organs out and eating them. And uh, no, I'm not, I'm We not were going to do that. it for the Dubbed 420 project. No. And then we watched it and we were like, look, this has naked Ursula Andrews and that's it. I can't take this. Yeah. And we just yeah. deleted it. You know? There's many more, but I'll leave my list like... All right, there's going to be some duplication of list. Okay, Malice, top ten movies he doesn't get. Uh, I put down the Blair Witch Project. That's a found that, footage Yeah, movie. the found footage. I don't like... Mostly found footage is rough, but <laughs> not, not good. I like... <laughs> I didn't mind the Cloverfield, Excuse me. Um, but it wasn't great by any means, you know. I read something about somebody on uh, somebody online was saying that it works better in a movie theater... Then it does it in the small screen. The the shaky cam yeah, know, messes still, you up more. I don't need it. Yeah. Now here's one that's made my list. Frozen. I see. I see some of the same ones. Frozen yeah. is a Disney film, and Disney films are just Disney films to me. This one has created such a fervor that like there's four hour wait times to see, to 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 take, get your picture taken with the Frozen cast and stuff. And you're like, to me. I, now look, I like the Disney product. They they make very good kids movies. I don't. Well, I, I mean, they make very good kids movies. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just they, but they're very formulaic. So, why would one stand out like the greatest thing ever, mm-hmm. when they're all kind of princess needs a a, a love, and now they find the yeah. love of their life in the end. Um, you know, I I love I love uh, Toy Story, all three of them. It's one of my favorite trilogies. Um, I like Cars. It's fun because I like Cars. But these are just kids' movies, so there's this crazy international, like craziness for Frozen, and I'm like, why? What? What is this? What is this? What does this do? Who cares? And then of Titanic. Um, yeah, I was gonna put that on my list, but that was just. Eh. Now, there's a it's couple a things. There's a couple things about Titanic. Um, love story, Leonardo DiCaprio, blah blah blah. Now, those aren't my things. I kind of don't get Titanic on any level. Like, I don't understand our obsession with the Titanic. Some boat sank with rich people that I don't care about from, like, 1908. Like, who gives a shit? There's been so many other massive disasters. Why would I care about that one thing? And people, like, are obsessive about it. Oh, look, it's a... What about the Poseidon Adventure? It's a fork from the Titanic. Who gives a shit? I'll give you a fork from my drawer and it won't even be rusty yeah, I you know guess it's you historical i don't know yeah but there's so many other things nah. you know and and but that and the hindenburg are these things that just keep coming up and i'm like oh my god well the hindenburg was immortalized on the first led zeppelin record too well, that's why <laughs> no so there was I, a movie of the hindenburg yeah. too oh yeah i saw it you did <laughs> yeah. okay um then the 2001 the space odyssey um much like you for yours uh, I just can't get through it. I so tried. Boring. I tried three times to get through it. It's something I think I should like. I just can't watch it. Slow and I can't. Yeah, it, it's so like just oh, get to the point. I think my brain is too much like look, get to the point. I can't. <laughs> There's not enough flashing lights or something. I don't know. So uh, yeah. that's a no go. Twilight is on my list, of course, because yeah. well, I'm not in the demographic, but I'm. I don't. 
I think there's something fundamentally wrong with pretty sparkly vampires. I like my vampires ugly and sexual and, and wrong. And I mean, didn't they do? Didn't they do the Lost Boys in the eighties? I mean, but that was a little bloodier. I yeah. Think, but, yeah, it's just I, I don't like the whole concept surrounding it. You know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, there you Same go. Same as you. I was kind of like, eh. I watched it, and some parts made me laugh. So there's a couple scenes. But it was kind of one of those things where I was like, what? You know, what is this? What the hell am I watching? You know, <laughs> so non-action, just... Uh, now, this one isn't on my list. I was just thinking of Napoleon Dynamite, and I was like, what's that guy, though? It's good, my country. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Borat. Borat. That's that, uncomfortable. That's, um... He's yeah. good at being uncomfortable. Like, he's uncomfortable comedy. Yeah, I don't, I don't like him. Uh, but, I mean, that's okay. He's, I can see why he's funny, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. He, 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 there's some parts that are like very stupid and funny. Uh, Meet the Fockers. Now, this this seems like it should have been a ten minute or a five minute SNL skit. Yet there's like four movies about it. <laughs> uh, it what? How could like sometimes such the flimsiest of things just becomes an entity, yeah. and you're like, what? What? Like this should have been a bad uh, SNL skit from the '90s that just was forgotten. And it, and it isn't. Borat was just a skit in uh, the the Ali G show. Yeah, yeah, the Ali G show. But, you know, eh, you know. Uh, American Pie. That was a huge <laughs> phenomenon. I saw the first one and thought it was funny, but I yeah. didn't think it was funny enough I to laughed. support eight more. No. Or however many more. There were there so many no. more, and you're like, okay. Like, just, the first one was funny. It was a very funny, good show, thing, but I could never see how it had how it could become a franchise, you know. They just did. Uh, Kong Pao, Enter the Fist. Mm. Everyone told me I should like this because it was fairly similar to what we were doing with the Dub420 project and just didn't think that guy was funny. Mm. Uh, stupid. Uh, the Beethoven, the big, to- the big Dog movie. I forgot about that. Uh, sloppy, slobbering dog for two hours. Uh, along that line, what um, about the what about the talking baby one? That's that's right next. To oh, me. is it? Look yeah, who's look talking. who's talking. <laughs> Why would I look at some baby that talks with Chris? It wasn't that with Christy well, Alley. Yeah, but something? you know what happened was it was yeah. like originally it wasn't made with the talking voices, and then all of a sudden the movie was so not funny <laughs> that they got Bruce Willis and and uh, yeah. whatever may Roseanne Barr to do the voices, and, and it became I, a hit. And I was I didn't like that, and I didn't even like like Mr. Ed. Mr. Just not right. funny, like like in a, like things talking that shouldn't talk. <laughs> I don't know. What about Rocky and Bullwinkle? Well, they're cartoons. Yeah, they're cartoons. So because even like okay, Family Guy, there's that weird thing where the baby and the dog. Can anyone hear them? I I give that a pass because they're part of like the story. It's not like just what's based the, the humor on. And then finally, my last thing: t- anything Tom Green has ever done. Um, I was going to put anything Tom Cruise has ever done on my list. <laughs> I, you know what pisses me off? I'm, uh, I, I have to get over the Tom Cruise thing because, you know what? I love sci-fi movies, and apparently he is now in every sci-fi movie that's ever going to be made, <laughs> that's ever has been made, that ever will be made. Uh-huh. Like, I was sitting in the Godzilla watching it, there's some like tomorrow, the edge of tomorrow or something like that, and it's this incredibly looking, well shot, beautiful uh, sci-fi movie starring Tom Cruise. Like if I ever want to watch a modern sci-fi, it's got I have to get over my hatred for Tom Cruise, because apparently 
Scientology is bought into sci-fi. They've taken it over lock, stock, and barrel, and that's it. Well, the guy who created Scientology was a science fiction writer. Yeah, I know. But now I have to put up with that till he dies. Better you than me. Oh, God. Because I need to watch new sci-fi. I like new sci-fi. But if you want to see, it's gonna have it's gonna have little little tiny Tom Cruise running around. Yeah, man, I'm gonna be a. I'm, now he's the Jack Reacher character, who's supposedly this six foot five hulking m- maniac. Nope, three foot nothing Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher. I gotta tell you, just a shrug. That's all you're getting. That's that's that's, that's why I don't go to the movies anymore. Oh my god! Well, that it's a forty dollar endeavor. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Shit. All right. Well, that's our list again. I'm not necessarily saying any one of those things that I put on that list is a bad movie. Just I just don't get it. And that's that's not a label of good, bad, or otherwise. Maybe, that, maybe, that means I don't understand why people ad- admire it, and that's it. Maybe we should come back next week with the movies that we think are underrated. Like we could. Movies that people never really gave a chance to. They're like really a good. Uh, juxtaposition, as it were. Yes. That's a big $10 word. And here's a $10 tri- uh, trailer. Hey. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> On a peaceful island, the cheerful sounds of children fill the air. But something strange is happening. Where are the people? And only they know why. <coughs> Island of the Damned. A nice place to visit, but you could never live there. Me! Island of the Damned. Rated R. Under 17. Not admitted without parent. Meet the savage sweethearts. They'll beat them, treat them, and eat them alive. Angels, wild women. They're hot. Hard and mean. Too tough for any man. Here are girls who leave their cycle gang lovers in search of a new and even wilder life. They've had it all, but by now, all is not enough. They want even more. Now, the weaker sex turns on to women's liberation too much and becomes the wilder sex. See Angel's Wild Women from Independent International. They're beautiful, baby. Beautiful. Angels, wild women. In color. Rated R. Under 17. Not admitted without parent. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now I radio clearance. Over. That's Clarence. Over. Over. Roger. Huh? Okay, man. What movie are we going to do, man? dude, Dude, just chill, bro. You know. You know, ride the good waves, man. All right. Like, you're in a good place, bro. All right, man. Yeah, man. What are we doing this week, dude? I think we're taking a trip, man. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about suicidal tendencies, trip to the brain. I think we're going to explore our inner being and forget about the outer world and demolish commercialism and just become one with the universe. Like, whoa! You know what? I I wish we were doing suicidal tendencies, trip to the brain. That's one of my favorite bands, believe it or not. You know what's uh, funny? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna do a non sequitur, but I was gonna tell you the story, but I guess I can tell you now about about um um not not Suicide Center. What's the other band? Uh, the uh, the ones that were in Repo Man. Uh, uh, Circle Jerks. Circle Jerks. I was watching an interview with Dave Mustaine, and he was talking about how like when they started Megadeth, the name was spelled at the end D E T H. Apparently, the Circle Jerks and Megadeth have the same manager. 
So the drummer for the Circle Jerks copyrighted the name Megadeth with an A. <laughs> and then when like Megadeth decided they were going to use the name, Circle Jerk guy said, no, you got to give me 10 grand for it. <laughs> So That's Dave Mustaine awesome. does not like him. He's doing a shakedown. That's awesome. Dave Mustaine does not like him. That okay. That's a funny story. We are talking about The Trip from 1969. It's another that? Roger Corman. 67. 67. The okay, Summer sorry. of Love, dude. Okay, so this is yeah. this is Roger Corman. The the screenplay was written by someone else, but then punched up by Jack Nicholson. Yeah, so uh, Jack yeah. Nicholson crafted this. Yeah. And then starring Dennis Hopper... Um, Peter, Fonda. Peter Fonda, Bruce Dern, Bruce Dern, and two chicks, Susan Strasberg. Yeah, this is and prior Rider. to their um, Easy Rider, Easy Rider, which was well, he was uh, he was already doing biker movies though, right? He was right. Still doing the Wild Angels. No, they, this was just. I think that, this is yeah. when they discovered their like for each other and for hal- extreme hallucinogenic. Yeah, Dennis Hopper drugs, doesn't yeah. look as wasted in this one. It was just it was Man, just starting. He was a young guy. Wow. He was just starting in this one. Okay, yeah. so and I have a page of solid notes. Every line I used um, because I went into this going, okay. This movie doesn't have much plot. Acid, acid, and drug movies follow fall into two categories with me. One is where some, where the editor just throws as much bullshit against the wall as he can, and people interpret it their own way and go wow that was so deep man or they my second category that drug things go into preachy preachy dime store psychology bullshit movie and that's what this one is to, for the most part because all the acid trips like connect his life man and like the stuff he's struggling with man yeah and man. uh and like man i kind of like I kind of like 97 mans in this movie. Did you? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. I have, one, had of those, been I have one of those clickers. Yeah, there was a I lot of I should have done that. That would have been awesome. I was just joking, but yeah. yeah. I saw it right by the name yeah, on my man. on my page of notes. It says, The Trip. Seriously, how many drugs did Hoffman, uh, did Hopper, Nicholson, and Vonda do? Oh, and add um, Corman to that. And Cor- well, Corman did. He, he admits that he did acid. Yeah, he did for the movie. As, like, yeah. for a movie thing. Okay, so... My first note is that this, the original soundtrack, um, the the opening soundtrack, is like a very much like a '70s kung fu movie. It's <laughs> that's interesting, and, and it's it's like exactly like a kung fu movie. And that's how I was like, "Oh, this is cool! This is like a kung fu movie." And then it shifts gears the second the the credits stop to a uh, different to to that you know like that's that. My, that it's my psychedelic field in the electric yeah. flag a great guitar player and a pretty good but if you go back and listen to the very first scene watch yeah, the first yeah. scene as the credits coming up it might as well be like that long solo guy walking into the village it, to and, protect and here's, it and here's a funny thing about the first scene you're talking about the scene where they go into the club right and they see the band no 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 the first scene where, where she's like where he's doing his film oh, okay. where he's filming and she's coming to say I'm divorcing you oh yeah 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 okay like they're, they're doing just, the commercial they're like walking through like yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, standard yeah. like kind of getting to your movie walking kind of stuff because it's just because when they go into the when when him and Dern when Peter Fonda and Dern go into the to the club and oh, there's yeah. a band playing there that band playing there is Graham Parson and the International String Band which are kind of like a country rock maybe a little psychedelic band they were nothing like the music that they were playing <laughs> nice. but it's interesting that he was actually in this movie so yeah. like okay yeah. well that's cool so yeah and and this is uh, very interesting I don't know and then it, it just switches like on a dime you know Yeah. Uh, so then he's uh, we're introduced to Peter Fonda who is he's 
he's a very uptight cat who's uh he's he films commercials. commercials yeah. So he's I think they use a lot of that stuff so they can it's easier. They always frame stuff in B movies like it production wise so there can be a mic sitting right there or so there's like a camera. They don't have to bother hiring a boom yeah, mic guy. They just yeah, put yeah. it on the camera and then they're like Roger Corman for you. Save a sec- save a minute, save a buck, you know. Like yeah. so he's so I think that's what that was and then he's just making some cheese ball commercial and then his wife comes up in a uh, convertible Mustang and this very red pantsuit that is so 60s it's unbelievable and she's like well you didn't make it and well we're divorced now and he's like okay yeah um i'll sign the papers man you know what a hang up and so he's like mr straight kind of sort of you know yeah and you also at this point you really realize how wafer thin he was oh god yeah there's one scene in here where he's like crouching touching his his knees are touching his chin and I was like, I couldn't do that when I was freaking born. I don't think my knees touched no, my chin. That, that guy was holy is, is shit. Very thin and wiry. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, so so that's the setup. And then then from there he leaves the the shoot, and he he's even in his same clothing, like uh, almost like a more professional styling. Uh, he goes to with Dern to go get drugs. Right. Yeah, Br- Br- Dern is like Bruce Dern in this big old beard, dude, trying to trying to hide the fact that he's like in his twenties. You know, he's like his guru, yeah, his drug guru. And they go yeah. and they go to the they go to uh, do they go to Dennis Hopper's house? Yes. No, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's where they go. They go they go and they're like, look, man, you're gonna we're gonna get some some. Uh, he starts spouting off drug jargon, which I don't know, mellow mellow things and stuff yeah, and whatever. Yeah. He's talking about how strong the acid is. Which, yeah. you know, if you know anything about acid, this isn't made in a laboratory. This is made in some guy's home. So yeah. that kind of stuff is all just bullshit anyway, you know. Right, right. Uh, you know, well, originally originally it was made by the government. Lysergic acid, you know. It was tested by certain people. But then, like, in the se- in the 60s, some guys in San Francisco who figured know, out got how to do it. Timothy acid. Leary or whatever and his buddies, the Merry Pranksters, and then they just made a bathtub ba- yeah, acid. Bathtub acid. Ken Kesey or whatever. My sister went to a guy, went to college with a guy who who made it himself. He put it in everything he ever ate and smoked. and He was oh never not on acid. Oh my God! Yeah, he killed himself. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> true story. Yeah. Well. So this is very really groovy '60s. Like yeah, this is almost in the, this was in the height of psychedelia, 1967. This is Austin Powers this is when it levels started. of this like, is Austin Powers. Yeah, level. baby, groovy. This is when psychedelics started. Roger Corman being the exploitation the exploitation guy. Of the teenage movement, I can make some money. People, I can make some money. We already done. We did the bikers. We already did like the, you know, the other movies. We did the Poe. What do we got now? What the teenagers doing now? They like they like all this crap. They like the drugs. Yes. They like the drugs. Let's go give them the drugs. So, they get there and then, um, you know, they're sitting there in this party house, and um, you're introduced to a very young, thin, seemingly healthy uh, Dennis Hopper. Which that's the last time he ever looked thin, young, or healthy to me. Much. Um, and they're passing around a joint, and they're just smoking. They it do smoking. that circle camera thing. They I guess do. It's like to get you. It's almost like him going like, "Hey, look, you're getting high." You know? Yeah. The camera goes around and around. They they spin it to everybody in the circle. They do. And, and you're shot. not you're not missing one person. Take a tag. While Dennis Hopper is saying some strange story about whatever. There's a lot of strange. And. BS. Although I was never into the drug use, the drug stuff, I always had friends that were, and yeah, I was right, always yeah. in those places. Yeah, right. So this harkened back to many moments in my youth 
where Except I was. You weren't wearing the groovy clothes. No, well, we, it was the '80s, so we were angry about everything. Yeah. We were punk, but so you're always. We were sitting there and in some weird person's house, yeah. listening to some broken, stupid story about moron. Yeah. And that's that's like kind of what it sounds. You're like, oh, here we go. You know, my friend I'm with is there to get whatever he's getting. Yeah. You know, and you're literally just listening to the the rantings of an insane person as my friends trying to get a, a you know a, a lid of shake or whatever the hell he, you know the, of grass you know, but whatever. So that this was fairly authentic. Um, yeah, they look like real hippies. And the, the the drug thing from the '60s was supposedly, I think, that true. We're all one community man, and we're all like. Yeah. They really played that whole hippie aspirations of the drug use up. Like, you know, you said Bruce Stern was like the first sage. Now, this is, we're introduced to Peter Fonda's character. This is his first time doing acid. He's, we've seen him smoking weed, so we know he's not uh, a total, a total square. like square man, but he's never done acid before. So he's a bit apprehensive. He's in a bad spot in his life. And... Bruce Dern is kind of playing this sage or someone who will help him. He's a guru. Yeah, he's helping his journey. And later on, Dennis Hopper does as well. Well, basically he says that he's, since this is going to be his first acid trip, he needs somebody there with him so he doesn't like jump off the ceiling, jump off the, jump off the, commit suicide or or do this, yeah. To calm him down, to tell him it's it's just, it's not real, you know, whatever, whatever these. I would like to point out the three houses that were, we were seen uh, in this San Francisco are multi-million dollar houses, I think, even oh, yeah. then. There was no way that these people are living in this yeah. these homes. I was like, what? Because they yeah. go back to that one chick's house at the beach, and That's there's like a, nice a fireplace yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. with an yeah. open-air fireplace. And you're like, what? They're probably producers. Yeah, glass, yeah, glass looking out over a San Francisco beach. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. But uh, so, so he takes the acid, you know, or they get the acid, then they go to Bruce Dern's house and... And Bruce Dern is very obviously very experienced with doing acid. And he's like, you know, he's getting out all the stuff to get ready for it. He's like, you're going to sit here and, and he, you want water or apple juice. He, you know, he gets things prepared for right. this journey. And he keeps kind of telling him, this is a whole new thing. you got to just like, you know, it's all good here. Everything's good. He's trying to mentally prepare him to be cool, not having a bad trip. Right. So, and it it kind of progresses like... This is where the acid trip starts, and this almost till the end of the movie. Yeah, till the end of the movie, and this is where this it, these are hard to watch. Acid trip movies are hard to watch <laughs> because even the best actor has to just pee like like seventy minutes of being a kook, like going blah, blah, and yeah. Fonda like Shatner. No. Yeah, Fonda does it well. Yeah, it does. He, he didn't. He had it, experience, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he didn't annoy me. But after a while, you were just like, okay, you know. Well, it was just, at first, it was like, it. It. I mean, this movie might have been one of the first ones. So when you're watching it, you go like, oh, that's the stereotypical drug shot, or that's the yep. stereotypical whoa, dream sequence. like it's lots of kaleidoscope. And, and it made me laugh, because it was like, at first, it starts off real dreamy, and it's like on the beach, and he's chasing this woman. Then all of a sudden, these like black... Hooded men on horses and it's oh bad them. trip now man yep. you know and it's like I've never done any 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 acid or anything no, I've so never done I hallucinogens at all I don't I don't know what goes into it but I guess you know I people, do have real life party experience with people that were 
Do they go between and, uh, good and bad? Trips? I'll talk about that in a moment. But one of the things I did I notice know. was, in his real life, he w- he didn't even change out of his his normal attire. No. In all his acid trips, he was wearing a white, yeah. like jester, almost yeah, a yeah. jester thing, like like medieval. He was he was in his trip. He was being free. He was being like. Like an you know like whatever like oh I'm just a free spirit. He had sandals on where they made mention that he had uptight boots on before because yeah, like, right, like, yeah. like nice boots man. And he's like oh thanks. Yeah um, and then and then the scene when he meets in his in his in his uh, acid trip with Dennis Hopper and then it's like all of a sudden like the the colors it's like in a studio now and the colors and the smoke and it looks like a Corman Edgar Allan Poe movie oh, scene yeah. red and black <laughs> yeah red and black and saturated then saturated red lighting <laughs> yeah. you know and it's like there's weirdness going on and this and the carousel with the little dwarf going they are pigs and yeah. that part cracked me up you're like what <laughs> cracked me he's up he's talking to Corman and for some reason some midget on a carousel screams bay of pigs and then they show like images of like Lyndon B. Johnson and Sophia Lore and it's like this kind of stereotypical I'm assuming visionary you know trip images or whatever so you're kind of like huh yeah, yeah okay. this, this is where it kind of goes off the rails a little bit yeah. Um. They're they're drawing conclusions because in this whole thing, Hopper is holding yeah. court whether he's good or bad, man. Yeah. Right. Right. You know? right. And you're you're just part of the capitalist machine, man. Because you exactly. make you make commercials, man. So one by one, because of the very first part of his trip, uh, Peter Fonda is having sex with his wife in his trip. Like he's yeah. in his brain, he's he's having to sex light, with his to wife light, to a light show. Yep. To being to a, filmed on them psychedelic light show. Well, that's gone now. Then he looks in and she's cheating on him. So his yeah. wife is under scrutiny in his in his acid trip. Then his job is under scrutiny in his mental trip, you know. And then so the the very first part of this whole thing is very self um self-reflective and and oh, you know, he's dissecting his own personality. Then for some reason he breaks free of Bruce Stern's house. Oh, before that there was about a minute and a half. This was Bruce Dern's... This was the hardest sequence of Bruce Dern's entire oh, life. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. He's helping... He helps a naked um, uh, Peter, Fonda. Peter Fonda out of a pool. And he has Peter Fonda's junk rubbing all over him yeah, for this rough. weird, like, carrying a baby backwards walk. Yeah, that was Um, You know Bruce Dern had to touch his junk, like, 90 times. Like, that was not a good time for him. Yeah, take two. Take, oh, come on. Yeah, like, man. I think that was good. Take ten. I think that was good. You know, got it now. <laughs> So, anyway. Then he breaks free and he runs around. And that now this part is totally just not, this has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, you I mean when he escapes and he yeah. goes out to, the, but that was, but I like that because he's was in funny. the laundromat because it was like, funny. I like go, how first much, he goes to the girl's house and he starts talking to her. Dude, if you walked in and saw a, a guy sitting yeah. with your daughter with a glass of milk, he would have got it. The this daughter 19, would be, yeah. This is 1967. I know, but, but I, yeah, I think of that now. I'm like, wow, that kid would be covered with his brains in my house. Like, well, yeah. you just heard kaboom. Like it would literally would have been like brains on the wall. Now the the, the scene in the laundromat is interesting because the woman was a Corman regular actress from the 50s and early 60s, Barbara Morris. She was in, like, Bucket of Blood and some of the movies. And I thought she stopped working for him, but she came back for that scene. And it was kind of funny because she was, she was a real smart ass. You know, he was all like, hey, can you touch me? Hey, whatever. Yeah, but then know? she was going to nail him. 
But yeah, but she, then she then she started, he started throwing her he started sheets around. Her sheet, she freaking runs out, you know, with her freaking. She got curlers in her hair and all this uh, crap. Dude. And then the, was like, because then she gets the cops, and then he's running from the cops. I'm thinking, you know how long the cops would chase an acid head? Yeah, right. about a half a block, and they'd be like, "Stay out with this. Let's go back and." Well, so he eat hit, donuts so or whatever, hits, you know. So he hits Sunset Strip, and there's like a ton of people. And the cops there. are chasing him, and he goes into that this freaked out, you know, like sixties um, rave party, whatever yeah, they call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they, they call them clubs. back then? Yeah, yeah come well, on, psychedelic club, whatever. You know. And this girl's like, "Do you want a beer?" And he's like, "What?" Beer? That girl you know? was another Corman regular from the horror movies. Is Luana Anders? <laughs> she was in some of the Poe movies, and she was in Dementia Thirteen. And I thought She's she pretty. had stopped working with him. She was. She, I always liked her, but she was in that scene. I was like, "Oh, look at her, another yeah. Corman regular." Okay, that's cool. And yeah. I just like how. I don't know. He's out of his gourd, you know, and 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 she's just like, well, I'll bring you a beer for five bucks, which must have been a lot back then, yeah. probably a sixty cent beer. That's a lot. And, and yeah, she was like, yeah. and she was like, just be careful. Because he's out of it, and he just shows her the money. She goes, I'll just take five bucks, and you know, because yeah. she was gonna take a ba- gold bouncer and get him kicked out of yeah. there. And then he, then then he, he, the cops come and he runs. Does he see that other woman there when he's at the bar? That other woman is that. that no, no, no. That's when he room? runs out. Then he meets them in the. Okay. He meets them on the street, okay. which would be like totally improbable. But whatever. Well, this yeah. is this is L. A. Yeah. In the strip, and I, I guess back then there were all the kids are out. Like in during in '67, all the clubs and the yeah. Summer of Love, and they were know, all connected Hollywood to Hopper's Boulevard. house. It, so like, of course they met up because you know yeah, Hopper's that house was, was that was where the drugs <laughs> that was where the drugs were. Yeah. So you know, basically he. Long story short, he 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 bumps into that girl. She takes him back. They have sex. You know, he wakes up and she's like, "Well, now, you know, that was the easy part of the trip. Now, what are you gonna do?" And he's like, "Oh, I'll think about that tomorrow." And he, the yeah, sh- breaking glass, the end. And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> it uh, makes you think, man. Not really. Doesn't make me think at all. Let me see. I'm gonna go through my notes to make sure uh, if I miss anything. Let's see. Kung Fu. Nope. Groovy. Nope. Movie acid trips versus real acid trips. Okay, we'll talk about that one for well, a second. I don't know the difference. So. Okay, so. Movie acid trips are fun and funny, and you know there's just some guy acting a little bit goofy. Real acid trips are scary, and when you're drinking around acid heads and they start freaking out, you're oh, not sure how it's gonna go. Um, uh, there was one party where a bunch of guys were on mushrooms, and I guess, I guess if you're taking those, somebody touching you makes you, feels like they're ripping your skin off or whatever. Oh, so I'm sitting there drunk as hell, and this guy is screaming because his girlfriend's trying to pull him into the car to have sex. Oh, my God. And he's, like, thinks his face is melting off or whatever. And I... Bad trip, man. And I left. I was not the sage or the guru. I said, you know what? I have beer. I'm underage. I'm out of here. And that was... Yeah, I sense trouble. Yeah, and my, my spidey senses are tingling, which is why I never had a police record. So real life acid trips, not so much fun. Uh, there was another party I was at where a guy was on acid and he, he started saying he was he was a Vietnam vet and he started like he threw my friend into a rake on his back like oh he hurt him. It's really weird. Uh, let's see, Jess, yes, wife kills him. Oh, that one part where his wife kills him, and then his work the work like his work people crucify him and make him faceless. And lay oh, him yeah, on the that beach. Was that was like a very weird, deep part. They they really tried to do some like deep symbolism, thing symbolism, yeah. but you know, and you're like, okay, well, you know. In between all the schlock and all, yeah, it was a mess. It's a mess. They <laughs> just threw everything they could, 
edited it and said, hey, you know what? The kids that are going to see this movie are probably going to be high yeah. anyway, so who cares? And did you ever notice that there's always a midget in acid trips? And that midget is Angelo Rosito, who was in a ton of movies throughout the years. He was he actually worked in a... Uh, he was in Freaks, believe it or not, when he was a young midget, young man or whatever. I don't know. You know? I, I, and sorry if that's not the correct term. I don't care. But I, I guarantee he has a stack of things he's been in. Seventy percent of them are like acid trip movies. Well, He's no, like, a lot oh, of a lot of crap movies, or well, not look, crap movies. Another another midget, movies, another midget of, doing some weird movies thing, like Dragon vs. Frankenstein. But he was apparently he was a uh, his his main gig was a uh, a newsstand in L.A. And I guess he got you know that was that was what made made money, and he did the side jobs which were movies because whenever they needed a, wow. a little person, huh? they get him they more so than the, Billy Barty. They I just think. went to the move to the to the station. That, I would like a paper and that actor. They would get Billy Barty too. Yeah, nice. But, yeah. Yeah. I'll take Angela one Rosita. one paper and one actor, please. That'll be a dollar seventy-five. Yeah. Uh, the I thought the San Francisco trip uh, montage went on way too long. Um, and also, most of it was filmed in that classic seizure cam, where everything's kind of like whoa, whoa, wow. wow, you know, like to try and like hope they're they're probably like hopefully people watching this are on acid, yeah. and then this will make them like super freak out, you know, and it'll yeah, give us attention. Destroy the whole theater, theater. All right, I don't know, you know. I like the the acting group was fun and funny. I liked Easer Rider. That's that's a very good, deep, meaningful movie to me. I liked it a lot. Um, I like Corman, obviously. Um, I'm not a huge I'm not a huge Hopper fan. Yeah, I like him. He's pretty. He's okay. Pretty good. I mean, but I he, I was never like oh. He was great in Blue Velvet. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I always did like Peter Fonda. I thought he was a very cool cat. Yeah, he's Mr. Like cool. like McQueenish in his you know like kind of yeah. has a groove going. He's all right. Yeah. So what did you think of it, man? 6.5. 6.5? That's pretty groovy, man. Yeah, know? man. I could dig it. I'd go with a 7 or 7.5. As far as acid movies, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, what do you expect out of your acid trip exactly. movie? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's got great great actors in it. Good actors. There was boobs. There was acid. Yeah. There's lots of... Painted I, boobs. I, I did enjoy seeing the um, Sunset Strip. In that yeah. in that era, like I always love, I yeah. love seeing like, like the old movies. I look at the background as much as I look yeah, at the sure. foreground, because yeah. it's so cool to see sixty three cent gas and you know, <laughs> you know, well, it's cheap stuff. All right, that's it. So we would say go out and see the trip, man. You see it on. Uh, it's YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, it's for Grab free. It. It's on Netflix streaming, or was on Netflix streaming, from what I read. I didn't see it on Netflix streaming. I didn't see it either, because I would have watched it. It might have been taken away during one of their purges. They were probably like, whoa, man, we're not supporting that kind of, like, drug thing, man. No, man, we're family entertainment, man. Lies, man. Family values, man. (laughs) Shit, man. We'll see you all next week, man.